So last couple of weeks, we have been dealing with some of the battles recorded in the Old Testament. And we were covering them under the series called Battlegrounds. So today we are going to deal with another battle in the Old Testament. And every time when we speak about a battle that took place in the Old Testament, that resembles some of the, the kind of kinds of battle that we deal with today, we go through today in our current day. And I believe as we try to understand the strategies God adapted in each of those battles will really help us to form, to formulate our strategies against the enemy of our soul. Now, before we get into the details this morning, as we do in a, during every sermon, shall we all stand for a moment of declaration of war? Yes, let's go. We declare that we are in war with the kingdom of darkness. Our war is not a physical war as we don't fight against flesh and blood. We will not give up. We will not compromise. We will not lose our focus. We will fight and gain victory. We are more than conquerors. We will make damage to the kingdom of darkness. We don't fight on our own strength. We fight in the name of Jesus who stripped the principalities and the powers of darkness at the cross. We are not alone in this battle. The captain of our army is marching forward. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We wear the whole armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And we are ready for the battle. Finally, let's say louder, the last one. In Jesus' name, we declare, we affirm, and we engage ourselves in war. Amen. Please be seated. Today, we are going to get into another battleground called the battleground of Elah. Can you say that with me? The battleground of Elah. A challenging, well-known battle that took place where David defeated Goliath, the Philistine. Amen? And this morning you may be thinking that David and Goliath, I know the story. How many of us know the story of David and Goliath? Still some of us do not know. Right? Daniel, you know the David story? Metherlin, do you know the David story? Yes? Sure. Thank God. We all know the story of David and Goliath. We have been studying that right from childhood, right? Probably that may be the first lesson we teach in Sunday school. So we know about David and Goliath and how they battled against each other in the valley of Elah. So we read the story in 1 Samuel chapter 17 verses 1 through 3. Shall we go there? 1 Samuel chapter 17 verses 1 to 3. So if you have your Bible or if you can look at the screen, can you read that along with me? Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Shekhar, which belonged to Judah. They encamped between Shekhar and Esekhar in Ephes Damim, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped the valley of Elah. 
and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side. Who stood on a mountain on one side? The Philistines stood on one side and the other side with the valley between. The Israelites stood on the other side with the valley in between. And what was the name of the valley? Elah was the name of the valley. Now we need to understand a couple of things here. We know a little bit of history. Who were the Philistines? Who are the Philistines? The Philistines, all that know here, by looking at this, the Philistines were you know, very aggressive and really a warmongering people who occupied the territory of southwest of Israel between the Mediterranean and the river Jordan. Now the name Philistines, can you say Philistines? Philistines comes from the Hebrew word Philistia. And also there is a Greek rendering of the word Philistia in Greek that says Palestine. That gives us the modern name for Philistine. Its modern name as we know it's Palestine. So that's the modern name of that region. So the Philistines are first recorded in the Bible under the table of nations. If you know the table of nations, I don't know whether any of you had a look at that. In Genesis chapter 10, all the nations are, I guess there are around 70 nations they are listed in, in Genesis chapter 10. So Philistine, Philistine's nation, the name, the, 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 the nation of Philistia is listed in Genesis chapter 10. So the Philistines are really a descendants of Ham. Who is Ham? One of the sons of Noah. Very good. And are really ethnically they are related to Egypt. Amen. Now because they have migrated from their original location. They all settled down in Mediterranean coast near Gaza. And you know most of the Philistines. They are often they are associated with the sea people. The, the maritimers like us. Right? So they, they were near the Mediterranean coast near Gaza. Now the Bible records that Philistines, they really had contact both with Abraham and Isaac even 2,000 years before Christ. So they were there, you know, even from the beginning, all along in the Bible you can find Philistines. They are not new, they are not strangers, they were there already. Now the Philistines, they were really well known for their innovative use of iron. They consider iron is more superior than bronze and they use iron, uh, you know, in, in their warfare. And even children of Israel, you know, many of their weapons and implements were made of iron. Even at the time of Saul, the Israelites, they were forced to rely on the Philistines even to sharpen their iron weapons. Children of Israel, they need to go to the Philistines to sharpen their iron weapons. They, they are just experts in that. The Old Testament indicates that Philistines, they worship three gods or goddesses. So Ashtarte is one goddess, and Dagon and Beelzebub. They are three gods and goddesses. The Philistines, they worshipped in, in, in those days. They had shrines everywhere in their location for these three gods and goddesses. Now, from the you know, very beginning, children of Israel, if you remember, they used to call Philistines and as uncircumcised Philistines. 
You are uncircumcised people. You know, that just to say that, you know, you don't have any relationship with my God. You are, you are out of the boundary. You are out of the camp. You are, you are not part of us. You are against us. You don't have any relationship with, with our God. Now, from the very beginning, Philistines, if you know the history, they were either allies or they were enemies of the children of God. Both happened. They played a you know, very important role in the life of Samson, if you remember. They played a very important role in the life of Samuel. And not, they played a very important role in the life of Saul. We are going to talk about it. And of course, in the life of David. Now, the war between Philistines and Israel, children of Israel, that began in the very long days. You know, it, it began during the time of Abraham, there were conflicts. And that was carried forward even during the time of Saul. And of course, the, during the time of King David, the war continued. But now, King David, he took a major role. He had a major role to play there. And God used him in a very mighty way. And David would kind of nearly, he extinguished Philistines from the face of this earth. At least we would say that, you know, he, you know, brought down their ability to make war with the people of God. That was totally brought down when God used David in a mighty way. Now we can talk more about Philistines, but let's move further. Now, who is this enemy actually? With whom David is dealing with? With whom children of God is dealing with? And what kind of enemy is he? Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let's read from verses 4 to 10. Long scripture to read. Verses 4 through 10. And a champion went out from the camp of Philistines named Goliath from Gath, Gath whose height was six cubits and a span. You can imagine you know, how tall he was. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail. Mail is you know the, 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 the armor that is made of metal rings joined together a flexible metal rings or you know, metal sheets put together you know which covers the body uh, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze and he had bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the army of Lord and said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I, a am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for, for yourselves and let him come down to me. And verse 9, if he is able to fight with me and kill me, now this is a challenge, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. You know, that was a challenge. That was in friend of the people of God. No doubt that he was a man of terror. He challenged the people of God. He defied the army of the Lord. And verse, Bible says, if you can read with me, verse 11, when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Saul was greatly afraid of this man and the army of God was greatly afraid. So this is the kind of enemy David was asked to fight with. And this morning we are standing in a battleground. We are facing a challenge in our lives that may resemble what we are talking about. That may resemble what David encountered on that day. 
It may look like Goliath in front of us. And God has called us to fight with that man, fight with the, with the enemy. Now let's talk a little bit about who is David. We need to find out who is this man of God who is going to make war with, fight with this, this, this giant. Who David is. We know that David is the last one. You remember the story of Samuel going into the house of Jesse to anoint David? Anoint one king because God rejected Saul and another king need to be found. And Samuel went to the house of Jesse. And we know that David was the last one. The eighth son of Jesse. The Ephrathite of Bethlehem of Judah. Now when God rejected Saul, as I said, Samuel went there. And Samuel anointed young David. Or he commissioned David as a king over Israel. Any guess how old was David at the time when he was commissioned? Roughly. Yeah, some, somewhere there, between 10 and 15. That was his age when he was commissioned as a king over Israel. Now, when the distressing evil spirit that came upon Saul every time, they were seeking for somebody who can skillfully bible says skillfully play harp and there was a servant of saul and the servant of saul told about david and this is how the servant described david to saul we are trying to understand who david was first samuel chapter 16 verse 18 this is the words these are the words of the servant describing david to saul the one then one of the servants answered and said look i have seen a son of jesse the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing a mighty man of valor, courage, a man of war, very prudent in speech, and very handsome in person, and the Lord is with him. Now that was a remark made of David. And when Saul heard about it, Saul wanted to get that boy into his house, into his palace. Now David was a very little young boy. And remember, he was a shepherd boy too. He was tending the sheep of his father, Jesse. And he was at the, between the age of 10 and 15 at the time he was commissioned. Now, between the age of somewhere 15, 16, 17, 18, he had to face battle in his life, even before he faced Goliath. Remember, he was a very strong shepherd boy. He was very courageous and very strong. And later in the next chapter, you know, we, we, we read about him. And he justified himself in front of Saul. And he said, Saul, I have seen greater things in my life. Do not underestimate me. I'm just only 18 now. But there was a time when I was tending my sheep. A lion came. And a bear came. And I took the lion. And I took the bear. And they tore them apart and they killed. So if I could do it, my God can do great things for this Philistine who is standing in front of me. We are talking about a man of God who is just about to make fight with the enemy, David. Now what kind of battle is this? You know, this battle is certainly different from the other battlegrounds that we talked about. We talked about the battleground of Red Sea. We talked about the battleground of Rephidim. We talked about the battleground of Jericho. We talked about the battleground of Ai. We also talked about the battleground of the camp of the Midianites. 
But now, right now, we are standing in the battle. Then there is a battle that's a battleground of e the Valley of Elah. Now, this is certainly a different type of battle. What is the challenge? The challenge is choose a man for, from yourself, for yourself. And the enemy is challenging. I don't want the entire army. I don't, I, all that I need is one man. I need one individual, one man to face the giant face to face. Listen to me carefully. One man's performance in war is going to decide whether, the Israel, whether Israel is going to serve the Philistines or the Philistines are going to serve Israel. One man. Greater challenge. When Saul and Israel heard this, they were greatly afraid. They had all the reason to be afraid of. Because it's a great challenge. I just want to talk to you this morning. You know, it is good to be under the shadow of somebody. Now, when we need prayer, there are prayer lines available. We call the prayer lines and we get prayed and we get blessed. When we need prayer, we come to church and we get prayed and we bless. We are blessed. We ask for prayer. It is good. Everything is good. It is good to be under the shadow of somebody. It is also good to be part of a prayer group that is really encouraging, that really strengthens us, motivates us. But there will be a time in our lives, we need to face the enemy one-on-one. -on -one. There are times in our lives, we are challenged to face the enemy one-on-one. -on -one. There are times in our life, we feel that nobody is next to us, no one is standing next to us. There are senior homes, there are many senior, seniors living there, they don't even have one visitor, one family member visiting them for the whole year. They don't have anybody to visit them. And if God had brought you to this nation, not to just move around within our people, not to just minister to each other, it's to go out and minister to somebody who is in this land, who is in need of God. Who is in need of God. There are times in our lives, we are challenged to face the enemy one on one. And David, standing on the top of the mount, looking at the valley of Elah, and he's challenged to meet the Philistines there, down there. Verse 16 says, And the Philistines drew near and presented himself. Forty days, morning and evening, he came there, screamed, yelled at his voice, on top of his voice, and he said, Do you have somebody who can challenge me? Let's get into the battleground. The battle is already going on in the valley of Elah. Verse 6, 19 says, Now Saul and they, all the men, and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. David went to the valley of Elah, not really for the battle, but to inquire about his brothers. If you remember, Jesse sent David. <coughs> Just go and find out what's going on with three of your elder brothers. And he came there to inquire about them. And he saw the enemy coming against the people of God. You know, his blood was boiling within him. His blood pressure was increasing. Verse 23, he says, Then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. What were those same words? Let's dig around. Let, let's go a little backward and see verse 8 and 10. Those are the same words. Verses 8 through 10. Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you the servants of Saul? 
Choose a man from yourself and let him come down to me. Verse 9, if he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and servants. Verse 10, and the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. So David heard that. When David heard that, he had an urging desire within him to go and fight with this man. He wanted to destroy the uncircumcised. How can he defy the army of the Lord? When he shared this idea with others, see what happened. See what happened. Our strategy number one this morning. Discouragements. Can you read that with me? Strategy number one. Discouragements are powerful enough to stop you. But push them aside. Can you read that again? Discouragements are powerful enough to stop you. But push them aside. Discouragement from within the family. Verse 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to them. David expressed his desire to go and fight with this man. Now Eliab, the eldest son, he came. Of Jesse, he came. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride. What did he say? I know your pride and the insolence. Sorry, insolence. That means the disrespect that you have. Your elder brother is here already in the battle. What are you doing, going to do here? For you have come down to see the battle. Why did you come down here? You know, David could have easily listened to his words. And David could have easily gone back home. Think about it, what you would do if you are in that situation. Just go back. Yeah, that's the easiest way. That's the easy path, you know, all of us could have taken. But that did not stop David. Discouragements are powerful to stop you right there. The moment we get discouraged, we'll just feel like throwing everything and just walking away. You get discouraged on Sunday morning and you decide, okay, I'm not going to church this morning. So easy. Easy path. We all take the easy path. Look at David. Now, discouragement from his boss. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth and he a man of war from his youth. One fine morning you go to office and your boss calls you inside his cabin and tells you, you don't know anything. You are a waste. Paying you is just unnecessary. And what do you say? Do you say, thank you, sir? You may say, but then do you come back and sit in your seat? No, you may just quickly pack up everything. Go home. His boss called. And this is what he told. You are just a youth. You are just a little boy. You don't know anything. And he was a man of war from his youth. Now, when the leadership is not supporting you, what else can David do? David could have gone home by taking the easy path. But look at David. David was just depending 
on the strength of the Lord. He was just depending on his past experience to 18 years of age. Think about it. 18 years of age, challenged by the enemy. And his, the, 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 the blood is you know, just burning within him. The fire of the Lord is burning within him to go and fight against the enemy. Now David, standing before Saul now, I would like to read verse 34. But David said to Saul, verse 34, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. Saul, listen to me. And when a lion and a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Number two strategy in this kind of battle, past victories are always signs of future challenge. Can you say that with me? Past victories are signs of future challenge because God gave victory we should not think that everything is done it is true that you know we prayed really and God really took us out of that situation that simply means there are more tougher challenges ahead of us you know God prepared us really God equipped us and God did not want us to go down. God did not want us to let, let down. God brought us up by performing a miracle in our lives. That simply means there are more challenges on our way. Amen. Certainly past victories were great honors. And great recognition. And great accomplishment are encouragements for all our future achievements. You know, God healed us. That's the reason we are here. God helped us when we cried. That's the reason we are here. God found us. That's the reason we are here. God saved us. That's the reason we are here today. That's certainly a great encouragement. But past victories don't guarantee a smooth future. Not at all. Not at all. Certainly they give hope for better future. But they don't guarantee a smooth future. David is standing before Saul. And he's telling his past experience. Now David, look at David, now David is facing a bigger challenge. And that challenge is going to have a greater impact. Earlier, think about the challenges that he faced. He faced a lion, he faced a bear. And if he would have failed, he would have failed, what would have happened? If the lion would have killed him, if the bear would have killed him, what would have happened? Obviously, David would have got killed. And all the sheep would have got killed at the maximum. But now look at the challenge. If David gets killed, what will happen? The entire nation of Israel need to serve the Philistines. Greater impact. Greater impact. A greater challenge. Past victories are signs of future challenge. You know, God wants us to keep this in mind and move forward. Always look for challenges in our lives. And always look for the hand of God in the midst of the challenge. Always look for you know, difficult moments in our lives. And in the midst of all these things, just sit aside. And God says, you be still. You be still and I will fight. And you just be still and watch what God is going to do. It will be interesting. 
to know the way God is going to do things in our lives. And David is, you know, very well aware of that and he wanted to experience that once again in his life. Verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor. Somehow he's a little boy, can mean Saul. And he said, and Saul came and he clothed David with his armor and he put the bronze helmet over his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, David, Saul put all his armor upon David. And just David is a little boy and he is fully covered with armor. David just started walking and this is what he said to Saul. I cannot walk with this. For I have not tested them. So David took them off. Strategy number three. Don't lose your originality. Amen. Don't lose your originality in the fight, in the battle, as we stand and fight with the enemy. Just listen to this. Don't lose your originality. David cannot be Saul. Can David be Saul? No way. David cannot be Saul. And David is not Saul. David, if he, even if he tries to become Saul, no, it's not going to happen. Don't try to become somebody. In the battle, it is very, very important. Let's not lose our identity or let's not lose our originality. God wants to use us just as we are. Just as we are. We may be a broken vessel. We, may be, we would have gone through something in our lives terrible. But God wants to use us just as we are. Because somebody is used in a special way. Let's not try to do what they did. You know, today we come across not God imitators. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, he says that I want you to imitate God. That's what Paul says. Today we come across, you know, many of the people, many in the Christian world, there are many imitators of, you know, popular men and women of God who are used by God. Are you with me this morning? And God is saying that, David is saying that I can't do all these things. I know you are a warrior, Saul, King Saul. I know you are a warrior too, but I can't do what you are doing because I'm not Saul. We can learn many good things from those ministers of God, those servants of God, you know, those believers, those who pray that way and those who are used by God in that way. We can learn many good things from them, but we never try to do something or practice something what they have been practicing. You know, God has not called us for that. God has called us to be just as you are. God wants us to learn from the word of God. And only one we can imitate is Christ Jesus. And what he did? What he did exactly? He went around and he pre preached the gospel. Jesus fed the people. Plenty. Give food. And then he preached the gospel. And then healing taking place. People coming to Christ. God wants us to be imitators of God. You know, God has a unique ministry for each one of us. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure about it. If God could do, trust me and give that ministry, this ministry to me, I believe God has a unique ministry for each one of you. We need to find out what God wants us to do. What God wants us to do. God wants us to be used in just as we are. The way we speak, the way we move, the way we do things, everything is important. Never try to change. Never try to become somebody. And I'm just talking to you because we, we all need to get up to that level of serving God quickly. 
You are so unique. Let's not lose our originality. Because God is depending on that. There are times you fall and then God knows that that's your weakness. That's where you fall. And just don't try to imitate. Just, just be as you are. Strategy number three. Don't lose your identity. Now our originality. Now the real battle starts from verses 40 to 51. We, let's, let's move further. Let's move further. Now, think about David putting the whole armor of Saul over him. He will be a very complicated object, right? So we will be a very complex object in front of giant Goliath. Strategy number four. Don't complicate. Make it easy and light. Can you say that with me? Don't complicate. Make it easy and light. Now Saul clothed David with a heavy armor and Bible says David took them off. He just removed everything and threw everything apart. Now before going to the battle, David was making sure that he is light enough to handle the enemy. Amen? Before going to the battle, we need to make sure that we are light enough. You know, there are always, you know, all of us, most of us fight our own battle every day in our lives. You know, when we come into the prayer, how do we battle our enemy, by the way? We can battle our enemy in our, on our knees. Yes? When we pray, that's how we fight our enemy. Now, when we fight our enemy, we want to make sure that we are light. We feel very light. You know, there are two things that we pray for when we come into the presence of God. Either you pray for ourselves, we pray for ourselves, or we pray for someone else. Like Anila mentioned that it's hard at times to pray for somebody else. Now, when we come into the presence of God with a heavy heart in, within us, when we come and pray, we cry out to God, we pour out our, our heart in the presence of God, and the heaviness will slowly leave from us. Have you experienced that? Yes? And when we come into the presence of God, when we pour our heart in the presence of God, we see that, that our heart is becoming light, light, lighter, lighter, lighter enough. Now, when it is light enough, it is a time to fight. But with a heavy heart, we don't want to fight. Because with a heavy heart, if you fight and pray for others, you cannot really fight the battle. You cannot really fight the battle. And God wants us to have ourselves you know, light enough do not make things complex. Just take things easy in our life so that we will be able to fight the battle. You know, I hear there are many people saying that I will come and pray for others when everything is done and clear and every problem is solved in my life. You know, when your problems are going to be solved? Never. We have problem one after the other. We think that you know one is over and the next one is just at the doorstep. Never it's going to be solved. So but only way we can fight for others is coming in the presence of God. You know, <coughs> excuse me, laying everything at the feet of God and tell him, Lord, just make me light so that I can pray. I can focus. Matthew 11, 28 to 30, Jesus spoke very beautiful scripture. You know, this morning I believe this scripture will comfort you. Matthew 11, 28 to 30, come to me. All you who, can you read that with me? All you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn 
from me who is saying this. Jesus is saying that he is not telling you to learn from your pastor. You may learn a couple of things, but learn from Jesus. He's telling you, learn from me. Learn from me for I am gentle. He's not telling that you need to learn something from the YouTube. No, 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 no. Take this book of God, book of the law, and learn from something from what Jesus said. Learn something from Jesus. Learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. And both study is very important. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, Christianity is not complex and we are the one who makes it very complex. That we make it so complex that other religion may not understand what we are talking about. Christianity is that not complex. It's an easy, simple religion. Let's, let's stick on to what Jesus did maybe. The gospel is very easy, very simple. You know, when Jesus spoke the gospel, when he, he shared the gospel, it was very easy. People understood. They all came to him. They were all touched and blessed. Jesus is telling, my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Many times we worry. We fight over. We get confused. And most of the time we are in that same status forever. Always we are confused. There is no reason why we need to get confused. It's an enemy. It's an enemy we need to fight with and come out of it. Because God is telling, Jesus is telling, my yoke is easy. And if we carry some yoke, listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully, this is important. If you carry some yoke that is not easy on you. If you carry some burden that is not light on you. Listen to me, it is not from God. It is not from God. It is not from God. It is from the enemy. We need to identify those. We need to identify those and come out of it. Strategy number five. Do not use unfamiliar methods. I'll quickly go through it. What was familiar to David? David was familiar with a shepherd's staff. David was familiar with pebbles or... or, or, or Smooth stones. David was familiar with a sling. Couple of things which were familiar to David. David was not familiar with the sword. David was not really familiar with the javelin or spear. But David was familiar with the name of the Lord. Amen. He was familiar with the name of the Lord. Verse 45 says, Then David said to the Philistines, Philistine, you come to me with a sword. Can you get the verse? You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. 45. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Amen. Now listen to this. I'll read that again. Then David, verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. Amen? So David is coming against Goliath in the name of the Lord. Very familiar to David. And the strategy number five, as we see in the screen, do not use unfamiliar methods. Listen to me, we know only one method to fight against the enemy. We know only one method. Amen? What is that only one method? I will tell that. I don't have that in the screen. I will tell that for you. That method is to come against the enemy in the name of the Lord. Can you say that with me? In the name of the Lord? Through the loud, out loud, in the name of the Lord? 
still out loud in the name of the Lord through the blood of Jesus holding the shield of faith and taking the sword of the spirit this is the only methodology we know to come against the enemy let's repeat that again in the name of the Lord through the blood of Jesus holding the shield of faith and taking the sword of the spirit this is the only method there is no other method people have used many different methods to cast out demons and to handle you know sick and all those kind of things but do not try to do those things God is telling us this morning this is the only method that is familiar to us I don't know about what others are doing I don't really care about what others are doing but I stick under this David was very clear Saul you may be able to fight with those armors but sorry I don't know there is no modern alternate method for what we talked about there is nothing there is nothing people can throw handkerchief people can throw this that and all those kind of things stick on to this the four things what we said that's the only method to pray that's the only method to bring down the enemy amen let's move further to strategy number six in the if the battle is the lord can you say that with me if the battle if strategy number six if the battle is of the lord the victory is also of the lord if the battle is of the Lord, the victory is also of the Lord. That tells me two things. Number one, if the battle is of the Lord, he will certainly give me victory. Amen. If Lord is with me fighting against this enemy, he is going to certainly give me victory. Number two, it also tells me when he gives the victory, that victory belongs to God. I don't have any role there. I can't take honor on myself. I can't boast anything about if the battle is of the Lord, he certainly will give me victory. And when I get victory, that victory belongs to the Lord. Isn't it a good learning this morning? Amen. Verse 47, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Amen. Amen. I remember the scripture in Proverbs chapter 31, sorry, 21, 31, reading from ESV. The house is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. The victory belongs to the Lord. You know, every time God brings us out of a situation, let's give glory to God. Let's give glory to God. It is God who brought us out. The purpose of the victory is to bring honor to our Lord God. You know, verse, verse 46, verse, this is what we read in verse 46. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. You know, the words of David, looking at the enemy. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you. Listen to this. I was wondering why did he say that ever on the face of this earth? Why he had to, David had to say this. It's okay if Goliath said this, but why David should say this? But there is a reason why he said this. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Amen. You know why David had to do all these things? Why he is so aggressive and so angry with the enemy? Just because the glory has to go to the Lord. 
You know, you cannot really be passive with the enemy. We cannot really pet him, but we need to be angry with him. We need to cast the demon out. That's what the Bible says. We need to resist the devil. We cannot handle with him. We cannot keep him inside. We cannot keep him in his life. But we need to resist the devil. That's what the word of God says. Strategy number six, if the battle is of the Lord, the victory is also of the Lord. Amen. You know, this morning God is telling us, there is time, it is time that we need to equip ourselves to fight the battle by ourselves. One-on-one, -on -one, facing the giant. And I believe God is equipping us. Shall we all stand for a moment as we summarize what we heard this morning, strategy number one, discouragements are powerful enough to stop us. But we need to push them aside as David did. Strategy number two, past victories are signs of future challenge. We should never dwell on past victories, but instead we need to quicken us. We need to get ready to face the next challenges and where we are going to see the hand of God. Strategy number three, do not lose your originality. Just use what is known to us. Do not complicate and make it easy and light. And do not just use the unfamiliar method. Just stick on to those four things that we talked about this morning. Strategy number six, if the battle belongs to the Lord, the victory also is also of the Lord. Shall we close our eyes this morning?